I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Three, two, and welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, contributor to Mavs.com. Training the day away. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Day two of training camp. Um, I do want to promote, if you live in Dallas and you want to see KP and, and Luca together. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come to the open practice. It's on Sunday. Formerly Fan Jam. Yes, formerly Fan Jam. Um, it's it's always a fun event, but obviously this year there's going to be a lot of people there. Uh, open practice just makes it seem like they didn't want the responsibility of calling it a Fan Jam. Like, hey, how can we do less and still have people come watch them play? Like, okay. Open, well, yeah, people want to, uh, oh, I'm going to practice today. I mean... <laughs> You can claim no, but if you're you call practice. It, if you it's call almost it fan, like some reporters. But if you call it fan jam and they show up and it's just a practice like it has been recently, right? Yeah. It's, it doesn't live up to its billing. But if you just call it an open practice, it is what it is. That's true. That's true. But it's like a, I think it's like an hour-long scrimmage. Yeah. Um, you get to see KP and Luca uh, together on the court. You, they have, of you course, probably will get to see KP and Luca With stuff like this, it's hard to try and make – you know, guarantees oh. about anything. You you you'll see like five minutes of one, maybe. It's it's hard to make guarantees because you just you just don't know what their their plan is. Okay, barring some little tweak of a hamstring or something, or just uh, Carlisle's preference. Yeah, but for something like this, I think they're gonna want them out there for fans and stuff for a little bit at least. You would think so, but crazier things uh, have happened, Isaac Harris. That is true. So for the chance open. to go see Luca and KP <laughs> for the go. chance. The doors open at 11.30 a.m. on Sunday. I think the practice uh, starts at 1. They normally will sign stuff. It's just a really fun event. There's a bunch of discounted like Sometimes and stuff. Sometimes guys day. throw shoes in the audience and stuff like that. That Yes. Shoes. Uh, sometimes they throw their practice jerseys to the yeah, audience. It's, it's, just a, it's a fun thing uh, for fans to go to. So if you're in Dallas... And uh, it starts at one. So even if you go to church on Sunday morning, you can still make it after church if you want to. Uh, I think parking's at the Lexus garage. But there you go. There's my service announcement. There you go. Um, so you can go and check out that. Also, our board bets. We got a bunch of people voting on these board bets. We're not going to open it for very. We're not going to keep it open for very long. So go to at Locked On Mavs on Twitter and click the link and vote with us on our board bets. And we're going to close it before the first preseason game. So you don't have a lot of time if you haven't done it yet. Speaking of which, at Lockdown Mavs is one follower away from 3,000. So if you want to love us 3,000, you can put uh-huh. you, you can go follow us on at Lockdown Mavs. You can also follow me at Nick Van Exit and follow Isaac at Isaac L. Harris, the famous Isaac L. Harris, the ESPN up, famous Isaac L. Harris. Stop it. Also, thank you everyone for sending in your five-star iTunes reviews. We're getting to these as fast as possible. Some of these have become irrelevant, so I apologize if we didn't get to your your question fast enough. Um, we've answered most of the questions that have. It's like it's like, what do you guys think is the starting lineup? Like we've talked about that ad nauseum. So, 
Uh, Sam says, incredible podcast. I was at Dirk's last home game. I've listened to almost every day since your recap pods of the game. That's a lot of pods. That's a lot. That's a lot of pods. Would you guys ever consider doing a crossover with Locked on Cowboys and Rangers for us DFW peeps? Okay, so we know we know Bryce. Actually, I know Bryce and Morgan who do Locked on Rangers. However, I uh, I don't know if I've told this story in the podcast. I probably have. Probably have a couple times. But I almost got a job at 105.3 The Fan. I was like one person away. I did the Fan Phenom Contest. And I was literally one person away. And I didn't get the job. My, my, my good friend Josh got the job, which I was very happy for. Uh, I didn't get the job because I don't know anything about the Rangers so or baseball. <laughs> so I don't think I'd be very helpful on a crossover pod at the Rangers. The Cowboys, um, Marcus Mosher, I don't really know him. Uh, I know Cowboys better than Rangers. But, yeah, I don't know if you would want to hear us on that. Um, baseball. Yeah. I'm kind of the same boat as Nick. Um, I, man, I, you yeah, also I just, didn't get a job at a radio station because you didn't know anything about baseball. That's, that's a oh wild gosh, coincidence. No. Man, that's our lives are so similar. I don't know much about baseball. Um, I used to as a kid. I mean, I know about the sport, just not too many minor leaguers to keep up with in MLB. That's my guy. Uh, Josh is, that's his, that's his thing. He loves the minor up. league thing. No, Josh I'm being Dad. serious. He, he loves that. Mm. Um, Cowboys. I could talk some Cowboys. I'd be down. I just love, I love the NFL and football. So I could talk Cowboys. I'd love to, yeah, make some jokes about Dak making 40 million. Yeah. So there you go. If you have skipped through the iTunes question, you can come back now. Um, the podcast today is sponsored by Manscaped. It's the number one men's below the belt grooming. Get 20% off, 20%, and free shipping with the code locked on. Locked with a space and then on. Locked on. Below the belt grooming? Manscaped. You've never manscaped, Isaac? Tell us on the pod right now. Have you or have you not manscaped? (laughs) Today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about all about training camp. Uh, A couple things happen. We'll talk about DeLon Wright, an update. The Mavs did something different in practice today. We'll discuss that. And then we're going to be going through our preseason awards picks. MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Sixth Man, Rookie of the Year, and Most Improved Player, and Coach of the Year. So we'll be talking all about that, getting into all that. All right, let's start with it. Via Brad Townsend. Coach Carlisle says that uh, DeLon Wright is doing a little bit more each day. The hope is that he keeps progressing. Maybe sometime later on the week, early next week, he'll get back into some contact stuff. There's no timetable set for that. Uh, hopefully he'll be cleared next week. Seems to be... Uh, Townsend goes on, goes along and says that it seems to make him doubtful for Tuesday's preseason opener in Tulsa. Thoughts? Yeah, we kind of talked about on yesterday's pod, uh, really past two day uh, two days on this podcast of if Delon Wright misses time next week, especially those first two preseason games. Uh, they they play those two preseason games next week before they have their first home one on uh, Friday night against the Bucks. But you know if Delon Wright misses any time, which he's obviously m- missing a little bit right now because he's limited, it just sets the stage for Jalen Brunson to step in. And I mentioned at the very end of yesterday's pod of saying I really want to see how dedicated they are to Delon Wright being the starter. Yeah. To where no matter how much time Delon Wright misses. That as soon as he's back healthy, is he the immediate starter? No matter how good a Brunson or Seth Curry or whoever it is has played, I, I'm super curious about that. Yeah, and a hamstring for a guy that you know is mostly defensive oriented—that seems like a big deal. 
Right. Yeah, you know, he's not... It, you know, he's not like a Russell Westbrook. He's not a, you know, some people might look at me like, all right, he's a big guard, he's six and five or whatever he is, you know, a big quote point guard. Um, but he's not like a Westbrook or something like that, like like super springy. He's kind of grounded for his size. He's he's still athletic, but it's not like bouncy athletic. But yeah, it's like you said, it's the defensive end that comes to play because you know Carlisle's already said he's going to be guarding the opposing team's point guards. That that's just that's his role, and he knows that's his role. So he definitely has to ha- be back a hundred percent for with that hamstring. Yeah, you have to have that quick twitch. You have to be able to stick with guys, and with the hamstring, that that's kind of going to be tough. So hopefully, we just we just hold him out, keep him. You know, get him back to 100% health, and I will keep updating you as it happens. So, coming up, we're going to talk about how the Mavericks did something different in practice today and what we think about it, and then get to our awards picks. All right, Isaac, the Mavericks did something different today. They put some tape down on the court and extended the three point line to about, so the normal three point line is like between 23 and 24 feet. They extended the three-point line out, uh, not to the not to the sidelines because you can't really do that, not like the corners. But they extended it out above the break uh, to 28 and 30 feet. So there were mm-hmm. taped down markers from 28 to 30 feet. What are your thoughts on this approach? And does this how, how does it help? How would they implement this? I really really like it. Um, there there's a there's a couple videos. Um, well, there was a lot of videos that was circulating today of the Porzingis Luca mm. um, three point shootout at the end of practice. So at the end of Mavericks practices, uh, when the media is allowed in, uh, they're usually going through their last like shooting drills. A lot of players are teamed up, uh, going against each other in these three point shootouts around the arc, basically. And uh, a couple of videos uh, that was going around Yahoo, different places was. Um, you know, KP and Luca shooting, but in some of the in, in a portion of the video, you can see KP shooting from a different line, and you're like, man, like what is that line he shoot? Why is he shooting like three or four feet? It looks like behind the three point line, and I think Eddie Sefko, you go to Eddie Sefko's Twitter, I think it was him. Yeah, uh, he can uh, he tweeted out a picture of what the lines look like, and yeah, it's huge because it's all about spacing. You know, when you have a team, you know, when you have a guy like Luka Doncic that can run the pick and roll like he does, that can get into the paint almost at will, even though he's not like a blazing speed of a player. It just, when you can have as much spacing as that, to where you can have somebody like, let's say Porzingis is out there on the wing or a Seth Curry's out there on the wing, and they're three or four feet behind the line. Before, their defender would be like, all right, well, if they're staying in three or four feet behind the line, then I can give them a little space. There's no way, even if they do catch it, they're going to be able to shoot it. I can give them space. I can help off. I can hedge a little bit. But if they start shooting those threes like that, when, like, you see, you don't want to compare everything to the Warriors, but when when Steph has that gravity to where he can shoot from 30 feet, it just pulls those help defenders a little bit, pulls his defender up. So it them being able to shoot out there, or at least the threat of that, just opens up the floor even more. I just did a video for Free Dawkins. You can click the link in the description. Um, you can also read Isaac's stuff in the description as well. But I just did a video on, on Trey Young and John Collins on something that could make them unstoppable. John Collins just added a three-point shot to his game. He, he took one Ooh. three both of his years in college. He took 47 his, his rookie year. And then he took like 
a hundred and forty something his his sophomore year last so last season. He shot like thirty six percent or something like that, thirty four percent, and. He's added that to his game, and I went back and I, I tried to see all the times that Trey Young, you know, threw an assist to John Collins, and it was a three point shot. And I tried to see if they had ever attempted um, a, and it's it, it was hard to see it on on NBA.com if it, if he missed the shot, but if they had ever attempted and succeeded with a pick and pop for, for John Collins to hit a three, and I watched, and there was a couple where they flirted with it. Where he sets the screen, he kind of rolls out, and then he just kind of meanders along the three point line, and then Trey hits him. And then there was one. There was one play I saw where I saw all the assists that Trey Young ever gave to John Collins. That was a three point shot, and it was kind of clunky. But he he picked and he kind of he had the footing a little bit, and then he rolled out. He hit the three, and it just kind of changes things because Trey Young can hit from you know thirty feet. He took the most thirty plus foot three point shots in the league last year, more than Curry, more than Lillard, more than Harden, more than anybody. He took all those threes. It changes the, the dynamics of the court. And then when you add that pick and pop too, then all of a sudden, and John Collins is, a, is, a, is an elite role man too. So you have John Collins setting the screen, and then all of a sudden both defenders have this just incredible decision to make. Do I stick with John Collins? Uh, the guy getting screened is going to be a second late on that. The guy that is was guarding Trey Young originally, he is going to be too small to take John Collins in the paint. If they decide to stay home with their guys, then all of a sudden John Collins can can roll out uh, and pop out to hit a three, and Trey Young can go. <laughs> if he gets a screen set for him, he can just like step back and hit a thirty footer. It's just it's an incredible decision to make. So all that being said about Trey Young and John Collins, imagine that thirty feet out with Luca and Porzingis, where Porzingis sets a screen and he pops out. You have to defend them from 30 feet. All of a sudden, the driving lanes for Luca, the driving lanes to kick over to DeLon Wright and him drive into the paint, that's going to be, the paint's just going to be way more open because defenders have to make those decisions. And then if you try to double either of those guys, then there's just going to be open lanes to, to pass to, open lanes to drive. Uh, but it's, just, it's an incredible decision to have to make so far out. And so adding this three point line all the way out, 30 feet, 28 feet extends the court and it just gives more space that's that's what all this you know three-point shooting and yes it does give you more points but it also adds more space and it allows people to drive more i think it's something like a hundred players drove 10 or more times a game last year which seems crazy that's like three players per team (laughs) or or more and so uh the, the lane is just open for people to drive if you have that space and Luca kind of needs that space. He's not ex- extremely explosive. He's getting there. Uh, and then Porzingis, he's going to be able to do his stuff in the lane, his Dirk stuff, you know, in the mid range. So, adding this three point line and, and just extending it out. Imagine a pick and pop thirty feet out where you have to guard both guys and you have to stick with them and stay home with them because they're going to just hit a quick shot. And Porzingis' jumper is so quick. The video today that came out of Porzingis mm. hitting those those mm. jumpers was like. I mean, he just gets it off, like because they're fast. because they're gonna set the they're they're gonna do the pick and pop that we're all dreaming about. They're gonna do the pick and pop, except they're not gonna. Sometimes they're not gonna do it at the very top of the key. They're gonna do it as soon as they cross half court. Sometimes yeah. and that's what's gonna throw people off because Porzingis is gonna roll and pop out from that, but he's still gonna be like three feet from behind the line, and then there's it's gonna be a, a mind game for his defender of like, well, he's too far out. Why is he rolling this far out? Yeah. I'm gonna hedge. Porzingis is going to be the one, him or Seth Curry are going to be the one shooting the most from this range 
because they're going to have the most open shots from it coming from Lucas passes. It's going to be funny, especially at the very beginning, preseason games, uh, regular season games, to where Porzingis, some of these guys are going to attempt a few of these. And if the announcers, especially if it's on like a national broadcast, if they're not following that they've been practicing this since the second day of camp, basically they're gonna be like, "Whoa, it's too far out there for these guys." What? Are, I don't know. That's you know, it's kind of far out there. I'm like, no, they've actually this is like part of their plan. When we've been sitting there saying that they're gonna play so much faster that this year, they're going to shoot so much, so many, so many three pointers this year. I can't like I can't even overstate that. They're going to. Sh- I I think this is a guarantee for. They're going to shatter their three point franchise three point attempts. Uh, so it's just going to be. They're just going to be chucking up three pointers all the time. And if you can shoot them from thirty feet, then it just opens up endless possibilities. All that to say, it gives you more space <laughs> if they do that. Exactly. If they practice from farther out. But I thought that was interesting that they actually put tape down. We've seen other teams try and do this. Teams add a four-point shot to their practice. Oh, we've seen teams do that before. Uh, but I just thought that was super interesting. Brad Townsend also reported today that uh, longtime head trainer Casey Smith will now oversee all medical areas as director of player health and performance. So kind of a kind of a a promotion to a job that they created right <laughs> yeah yeah like they created this job and then Dion calhoun who was the uh one of the athletic trainers that went with team usa this summer he was promoted to uh head athletic trainer so good on those guys for uh some great work and they have they got their work cut out for them with you know helping porzingis back and some of these other things so uh updating that on the mavs front office kind of side or the, the player development kind of side Thought that was an interesting development. Yeah, Casey Smith's literally one of the best medical people in the game of basketball. Um, people around—I mean, he's literally known around the league for that stuff. So uh, he gets a slight, slightly different role slash promotion, if you want to say. Um, he's there's hardly any decisions that's made without him. So he is like up there with all the main decision makers. So um, this is something obviously he probably really wanted to do. And there are other staff. Um, yeah, changes and stuff too, but this is just one of them. Player health and performance seems like it adds something else, though. It's not just working on the health of the players, also adding to the, to the performance side of it, which makes me think of that article, that New York Times article. I think, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but with the Mavericks working with blood tests and trying to, mm. to figure out how to help you know players by taking blood tests. And so I wonder if there's some of this kind of experimental stuff that he's going to be overseeing as well and so they they wanted to add that to his title so that that is my guess on on all that so uh all right coming up let's get to our awards picks mvp defense player of the year who we're picking how we think this league is going to play out this year because as everyone says it's as wide open as ever Mm. all right isaac let's start let's start at the bottom and go and go to the big one coach of the year this award does not mean much to me. <laughs> um, do you know who has two Coach of the Year awards? Mike uh, Mike Budenholzer. Do you know who has one Coach of the Year award? Rick Carlisle. And Phil Jackson. <laughs> oh, wow. Mike Budenholzer has more Coach of the Years, and so does Mike D'Antoni. He has more Coach of the Years than Phil Jackson does. So Interesting. Who is your pick for Coach of the Year? Uh, I mean, obviously, this one, gosh, picking a coach of the year right now is difficult. Because norm- yeah, normally it goes to the first, second seed uh, in one of the conferences. Last year, like you said, uh, Coach Bud won it. 
You know, Milwaukee won 60 games, best record in the NBA. Uh, a lot of times it, you know, does point that direction of who has the best record. And uh, I'm going to kind of lean that direction because I've still um, – I've just been all about Denver ever since you know Ooh. they kept kept most of the people um, this off season, and I'm a really strong believer in continuity. I think Jokic is going to have a big season too. I think they're one of the deepest he, teams. He's already having a real big training yeah, big camp. Big season, this is a yeah. big training camp. <laughs> big honey, um, what a great! Name. But yeah, people I, say that there are no good nicknames anymore. Big honey is a great nickname. I love big honey. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think Denver it, will finish with the best regular season uh, record in the West, and so Michael Malone's wow. my pick. I, I picked for the same reasons. I think that this team will be the number one team in the West, but I picked Doc Rivers. Oh, okay, pick Doc Rivers. I think the Clippers are going to be the number one seed in the West. I think that they're just so deep. Uh, if these guys can get healthy, you know, Kawhi Leonard should be healthy by the start of the season, but uh, Paul George is supposed to miss. Seven, six games, something like that. You know, the, just the end of October there. They can get those two guys healthy. I mean, it's incredible. I'm, I'm doing a video right now on players that could potentially win Defensive Player of the Year and MVP in the same year. Mm. Do you know the only players that have ever done that in a season? MJ, he didn't win MVP the year he won Defensive Player of the Year, I don't think. He did. Um, he did? He did. 87-88, he was Defensive Player of the Year and MVP. And okay, one other did. player did it. Wait. In the same LeBron year. LeBron could have done it, but, oh, no, he never won Defensive Player of the Year. My bad. LeBron did get second in Defensive Player of the Year in 2012-13. He also won MVP oh, that year. Dang, he came in second. He lost to Marcus Gasol. He, he's came in second a lot. The other player That's to the, do it is Hakeem Olajuwon in 1993-94. He won oh, Defensive sure Player of the Year and, and, and MVP as well. Um, so, I'm, I'm working on that video, and I'm looking at um, – Oh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are both guys that could do that. Paul George is third in MVP and Defensive Player of the Year last year. Wow. That's wild. And Kawhi Leonard went and won the Finals MVPs, two-time Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, it's crazy that both those guys could potentially do that. So I, I just think that they're going to be so good in the regular season. So I picked Doc Rivers. Isaac, has Doc Rivers ever won a Coach of the Year before? Uh, No. He has. In Boston? Nope. He did in 1999-2000. Orlando? With the 41-41 and 41 Orlando Magic. Dang. A Mavs assistant coach was on this team. Daryl Armstrong. And he led them in scoring. 31-year-old Daryl Armstrong scored 16 points a game and led, the, led this team in scoring. He won coach of the year on a 41-41 and 41 team. So That's incredible. Yeah, that's wild. But, yeah, I think he wins his second one. Uh, so that's my coach of the year vote. Most improved player. This one is almost impossible to pick, too. Um mm. But I think I have a guy that you're going to – I hope we pick the same guy. That would be hilarious. But I'm picking a guy that we've been excited about. I'm picking Bam. Oh, okay. I'm picking Bam. I just think he's going into his third year now, I think. And he's getting that starting spot. He's essentially their only center. I mean, they have Myers Leonard. They have Kelly Olynyk, But he's the only center of, of his kind there. He just has so many skills. He has the passing that I really like. He has the you know the ball handling that he can do. He can grab a board and push. And he's going to be playing with Jimmy Butler. This is the first time, I think, in his career he's played with a guy that is that caliber. And we've seen other players succeed when they have a guy like that because the, the attention goes on to them instead of that player. And so I'm picking Bam. Well, you know I love the Bam pick. I know. Uh, all about Bam. All about Bam as a starter in Miami. Obviously, now that 
triple double machine Hassan Whiteside is in Portland. Um, He's adding passing to his game. Wow, I've never yeah. thought of passing before. <laughs> Maybe that could uh, be our pick. But um, if, he, okay, if, he, so, if he averages a triple double with passes, with with assists, not blocks, then yeah. He's the most improved. Here's my thing with most improved because it's kind of like the MVP. It's not it's not technically the most improved because there's there's narrative behind it. It's it's normally it's who's the best player that wasn't as good the year before. Exactly. It well it's it's not like the most like it's the it's the fringe star who moves themselves into like star category basically. So these are the past award winners. Siakam was last year moved himself into that category. Victor Oladipo the year before that Pacers all that stuff. Giannis the year before. C.J. McCollum before that. Jimmy Butler before that. So like it's it's those guys who take that next step. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna lean full in all in. Luka Doncic. No way. How? Let's do it. How, what kind of narrative would have to be driven around Luka Doncic to? Here, here's the thing. It, also, it didn't you per- pick the under on twenty-seven, on twenty-five and a half points a game for him? <laughs> did I take the under? Thank okay. you. Did. Well, I'm gonna go opposite on this now. <laughs> the narrative is there. If Dallas is going to make the playoff push, if they're if they're gonna finish sixth, seventh in the West, it, I'm gonna paint the picture for you right now. And Luca goes from winning Rookie of the Year, which he's already one of the, you know, he's already a, a great player in the league. But we think he he could. This was my biggest question for him going into the season: Can he move himself into the top ten, top fifteen player in the league status? If he does that and leads Dallas to the playoffs, ups his scoring from twenty one up to 26, 27. Dallas is the sixth seed. He's averaging crazy. You know, he has assists, uh, rebounds up there around the seven, eight mark. I think he could have a narrative behind it. I just think I don't think. Good. Well, I just don't think it's going to be like MVP caliber numbers and all of that. But I think what when you look at in the past, you look at those the what most improved has looked like when the Giannis McCall. It's these young stars that took the the huge next step. And I think that huge next step, even though he's already really, really good now. So that's why I'm saying it he, it wouldn't be most improved. Like, you know, like, because he's still, he's, he's really, really good. Yeah. It's just the narrative and the big leap that it will be on the national stage and where Dallas going from, what, 33 wins last year or wherever we were at to, like, possibly, like, playoffs, if that's what they do. I'll pick it. Let's do it. He would have to be something in the, the realm of 50, 40, 90 to be able to, to do this, I think. It would have to be some kind of digestible stat that you know voters could look at and say, oh, man, he did improve. Yeah. So, yeah. interesting. Interesting pick. Okay, rookie of the year. I know you've been saying John Morant forever. I'm, I'm going yeah. to stick with Zion. I think that they're just going to work so hard to try and set him up and set him up to win. We've already we've already seen the narrative come out of camp that oh we just hope that there's not too much pressure on Zion and I just think that they're gonna f- try to feed him you know easy stuff he's gonna put up a lot of numbers he's gonna be put in a position to succeed I hope and uh, I'm gonna pick Zion I'm picking this just, I'm picking the safe bet I just don't think he'll have the stats to do it and I I could just be all wrong on this I just think they have too many mouths to feed he's not gonna and have JJ the points Red- but he'll have the other stuff. He'll get steals and blocks, and he'll get a ton of boards. And yeah, but that, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, would Zion get the Rookie of the Year if he's averaging ten points, you know, nine rebounds, and you know, like two assists, two blocks? When, if what if Zion? Morant, what if Zion's flirting with an all defensive team? Hmm. Yes. So. 
You know, like that's that's his path, I think. Yeah. I just I think it's gonna be something like that type of stat line compared to Ja Morant who could average like seventeen a game. A or triple double like with 18. turnovers. Uh, it, for sure, he, have, he will have a lot of turnovers, but uh, I think that's gonna. It's gonna be kind of. Yeah, I think that could be a bad. I think the same could be true about R.J. Barrett too, where yeah. they could have like a lot of scoring points, but Zion could have a better overall game. But, Talk anyway. about too many mouths to feed in New York. There's there's too many guys oh, dear, on one year Lord. one year two year contracts for him to win Rookie of the Year, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. So you are picking you are picking John Morant. Yeah, yeah, John Morant. Yeah, that's my pick. Six man of the year. I'm going. I'm going chalk on this one too, but I'm going Lou Williams. It's just so. I mean, who else is gonna? Who's gonna take it from Lou Williams? Yeah, this one. Yeah, this one's hard. It, when you go across the league, like I looked at Fred Van Vliet, um, looked at Jalen Brunton. No, just kidding. Um, just different. I'm curious on who comes off the bench in New Orleans. I really am. But I might surprise you on this one a little bit too. Kyle Kuzma, I'll do it. I'm a, you, I'm a, you just spent the whole pre podcast session crapping on Kyle Kuzma, and here we are. I crapped on it because a, a brand is saying, "Hey, the face of our brand is the going to be a guy." Of the year. Who com- the comes six man of the, the year is, is our face. I, th- I just think he's going to come off the bench. I'm assuming that he's going to play fairly soon. The foot thing's not like a serious thing. Yeah, it's not. Um, but if he plays most of the year and it's not, you know, a thing, I think he's going to come off the bench and he's going to get buckets off the bench. So yeah. he's, I think he's going to be far and away their best bench player. Um, he's going to score points. He's probably going to be, would you say he's their third, fourth leading scorer? Oh, definitely their third leading scorer. I mean, who's who's scoring more than him? Danny Green? Kuzma scored 18 points a game last year. Okay. So that's why I said I, I think – I think honestly, as much as I make fun of like him and the LA spotlight in in LA, I I think he could give Lou Williams a run for his money there in the same building. That makes me so excited. I'm so glad you said yeah, that. Stop. That's it. the nicest thing you've ever said about the Lakers this entire run that we've done this podcast. <laughs> I will say that there's a pathway for Ben Simmons to win Most Improved, by the way, and Rookie but. of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, <laughs> awesome. number two in Defensive Player of the Year voting last year. Mm. Was Giannis, and I'm picking Giannis. I think that this is his year. He's going to come out as he's going to be a monster. I don't have him to win MVP, but he's he's winning the Defensive Player of the Year. It's going to be an overcorrection, and they will come back and realize that this guy can guard everyone, <laughs> and that he should win a Defensive Player of the Year at some point. I should I should have looked up who the last people, the last award winners for I only, this award. I only did it because I was working on this video, but I just I want to know the last like wing to win this award. Kawhi? Was it was it Kawhi? Kawhi's won twice. Okay. But that was the last that was the last one. Yes, yeah, Gobert, Gobert, Draymond, Kawhi, Kawhi. But okay. <laughs> we we laugh about Kawhi, but it's literally Gobert, Draymond, Kawhi, Kawhi, Noah, Marcus Gasol, Tyson Chandler, yeah. Dwight, 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 yeah. Garnett, Camby, Ben Wallace, Ben Wallace. Like literally like, Wings don't win this award. So The thing is Giannis going- is 7 feet tall, so it's very true. Very true. Um, I'm I'm gonna go back to a previous winner. I'm gonna go with Draymond. I think Draymond's wow. gonna have a. I think he's gonna have a massive year. I think he's gonna have to have a massive year. Yeah. I'm all in on the Warriors. So, um, yeah. But I think Draymond's gonna be motivated as ever this year, even though he just got paid. And uh, yeah, I think we're gonna get old Draymond, but most of the season. It's tough for a team that doesn't know 
or that isn't going to be in the top 10 in defense for a guy on that team to win defense player of the year. You're just saying that because D'Angelo Russell's defense. I'm just saying because I just did a video on them and I just went and watched some of these guys and I'm very concerned about how many points teams are going to score against them. I think you're underestimating their the system too though. They are they are returning Looney, Draymond and Steph. As much as I know Clay's a big, you know, missing that, but you're you are returning three, you know, finals level, you know, guys who's been in the system for a while. The system knows how to play defense. They're not going to be as good as before, but I don't think they're just going to be straight garbage either. No, I, I don't think they're going to be garbage. I just don't think they're going to be as good as the rest of these teams. They're going to give up a ton of points, and their bench is just awful. I mean, their bench is terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, MVP, the big one. Extremely dangerous. Keep out of reach of children. <laughs> I'm I pick- debated on four guys for this, by the way. I only had one guy in my head and in my heart and I just couldn't go away from it. I'm picking Anthony Davis. I'm just, I'm going with it. I'm picking Anthony Davis. He is coming back. He puts up numbers and stat lines that you just can't even believe the last couple of years. And I think that this is the year. Rebounds, hospital visits. This is the year. (laughs) um, This is the year that he gets the attention that he deserves for the game that he finally brings. And and I'm excited to see it. I think Kawhi is going to be, you know, out too much or him and Paul George will take votes away from each other. I think LeBron's going to sit out enough games for Anthony Davis to shine. Uh, I think he's going to set him up enough. LeBron said at media day that he's going to run the offense through Anthony Davis. So who knows what that actually means, but uh, I think that they're going to try to set him up to, to win this. And I think it's, it's his to win. Okay. The narrative, the, the Over, last couple MRIs he has this year, the last couple of three, the last couple of MVPs, six and a half, the last, couple, the thing is he doesn't, he doesn't miss big chunks of games. He just misses like five games here, five games there, ten games yeah. there. You know, he, he missed a bunch of games at the end of last season, but that was because of all the, the mess. So mm. people are going to look back and see like, oh, he's super injury prone, but he just gets these little Nixon stuff. Yeah. It's not it's not the, season ending stuff for him. The narrative's there for sure. I, I laugh about it, but I mean, the table is set for him. Uh, to take it, and this is his time for an MVP award. So uh, I get that he wasn't one of the four. I thought about to be honest. That's hilarious. No, he's not because I just don't think the Lakers are going to be a top, you know, two team in the conference. And I think you have to have that now outside of Westbrook's triple double a few years ago. Uh, for me, it came down to four four guys, um, basically three, but um, four for the most part: James Harden, <laughs> James Harden, Jokic. Uh, and Giannis, and I want to say Steph Curry, but I don't know if they'll win enough games. But for me, it's those three because I think Denver's going to be really good. I think Houston's going to be really good. Uh, but I just I I know it's boring, but I'm going to go with Giannis. I think I think Russ and Harden will work better than some people think. But uh, I'm not a huge thing of all oh, this person's going to take away votes from another guy and like all this stuff. I think Harden will still put up crazy numbers, but. Giannis just has the has the narrative. He's in the East. I think they'll have the best record in the East again. He's gonna have just insane numbers again. And he, and Middleton's not big enough to where it would like overshadow a little bit to where somebody yeah. would be like, oh, they're number one seed, but he has Chris Middleton. No, that that doesn't matter a ton. So it's basically Giannis. And yeah, I just yeah, I know it's chalk and it's boring, but I think he wins. MVP Who's your again. fourth guy? Steph Curry. Oh yeah. Did you think about yeah. Embiid at all? Because I did. 
I thought about him more for defense play of the year, but I just don't know if I just don't think I don't think we'll ever get seventy five games from Embiid. I think it's just gonna be a sixty to sixty five every year. I think that, and I think that honestly, I've been on this since they got Horford. I think that's that was the plan. I think that is the plan moving forward. Yeah. I think it's a huge reason they got Horford, and I think they're going to be one of the best regular season teams. They're they're number two for me in the East because anytime Embiid sets, Horford's going to be their stretch five with Tobias at the four, and they're still going to be really really good. So, I, I yeah. I just don't think Embiid will play enough games. Yeah. So there you go. Those are our award picks. We appreciate you guys listening to the podcast and sticking with us. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.